This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good evening, Boston. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. And we are a new show that will be airing every week, every single Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. in the Boston, Cambridge area. We're very excited about this show, The Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer, 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday nights, every single Tuesday night in the Boston, Cambridge area. You know, we're a ministry that believes in the healing power of God. We're a full gospel, spirit-filled ministry. We believe in prayer and intercession. And so we're here to serve you and to serve the Boston area. Our desire at the Transforming Truth broadcast is to inform and to inspire, to educate and prepare listeners to be powerful believers in Christ. And not just powerful, but in addition to being powerful. One thing that comes with being powerful is to be an exceptional member of society. And that has a lot to do with the way you think. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We should be able to take the Word of God, place it in our minds, and come up through the revelation of the Holy Spirit with the way that God thinks. There's Christians that walk today that are born again, but they don't know the Word, and so they don't know how God thinks, or the mind of God has not been revealed to them. But the Bible says that we have been given the Spirit of God that we might know freely the things that are given to us by God. And we want insight into the mind of God. So we believe in the power of the Spirit to come along and open up your spiritual eyes, the eyes of your heart, and to reveal to you understanding that supernatural. We are uh, believers in God's Word. We're Christians, born again. And we believe that listening, you, the power of God will heal your body. The power of God will bring deliverance to you if you're struggling with some type of addiction or whatever that may be. God can touch you right where you're at in Jesus' name. And all of our shows are on our podcast, which is called On the Road with Chris Palmer. So if you have iTunes, if you have uh, a Droid or some type of iPhone, you can just go on to iTunes and type in On the Road with Chris Palmer and you'll find all of our shows here in Boston as well as our broadcast in Detroit, Michigan. And they're absolutely free for your listening enjoyment. And we want them to be a blessing to you. Um, also, we want you to know that we're a listener-supported broadcast. And we are on air based upon the generosity and the kindness and support of those listening to us. So if you want to partner with us, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com and support our broadcast by giving financially. Or you can write us at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403 Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. Let me pray before we get into our show. Father, I pray for everybody listening right now. May the power of the Holy Ghost touch every person's ears. I pray you give to everybody that's listening the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray, Father, you fill them fresh with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, that they would have the empowerment of your spirit to carry out with what we discussed today. For anyone that needs healing, you heal their bodies. Anyone that needs a touch, touch them now. In Jesus' name, Spirit of the Most High God, breathe upon every listener. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We started a series last week called Preserving Society. And we took our text from Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 2, which says this, 
When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledge leaders bring stability. Last week I gave five premises based upon what we can teach our children to preserve society. Those premises were the belief that a divine intent rules society. And number two was that we should have an affection for traditional life. And by tradition I meant the beliefs that were handed down to us from our forefathers who learned painfully from trial and error. Number three was a contempt for the notion of human perfectibility. In other words, nobody's perfect. People are born in sin. It says in Psalm 51.5 that in sin I was born and my mother conceived me. Because of that, we need to have the word of God to curb that sin. So the word of God or his law must be interwoven into the fabric of society. The minute you pull the word of God out of society, you remove that stitch. That one stitch that holds the whole garment together and society begins to crumble. And we also talked about faith in prescription and distrust in people that want to try untested and innovative ideas that have not been upheld through time. And lastly, the last premise I gave last week was that reform is not always good. It could be dangerous. That change has to come slowly over time. And that a lot of times innovation can be more of a conflagration than it is a torch of progress. And it could be more in the long run hindersome than it can be a good thing. So we have to be guided skillfully by the word of God to understand his mind for society. And this verse here says that rot, moral rot, causes the government to topple. I think about rot. You know, I think about when I was a kid and I used to go up north with my, my mom and my dad uh, where our cottage used to be. And there was, a, there was a tree that had fallen down and we used to use it to sit on when me and my cousins were... You know, going through the woods like kids, we'd come to this tree, then we used to sit on it and take a break from our hike. Well, as the years went by, nobody ever moved a tree. Finally, maybe five, six years, we'd go back and that tree is sitting there, but year after year, because nobody tended to that tree and nobody paid any attention to it, the wood inside began to rot. So I remember by the time we sold the house, that tree was still there, but the wood was soft had holes in it that termites and other insects came in and began to make their home in it. Probably now it's probably decomposed. Well, when nobody pays attention to morality in a nation and we allow morality to become loosely defined, what happens is because no one gives attention to it, it begins to rot. And when it rots, the government topples because morality is the foundation of the nation. Well, you can't prove that, Chris. Yes, I can. The law of God was given to mankind divinely. It came from his mind. Now we're going to talk about belief systems that came along and what they did was uh, criticize man. They criticized people, you know, one of them being empiricism, which came along and started telling people that you can't really know anything apart from experience. Well, that's not true because we have divine revelation and the law of God, or the Bible, the word of God, that was given to man through divine revelation. It wasn't given to him through experience. Although he experienced God, it was divine. It was impressed upon him by heaven. This is because society, it is a divine concept from the mind of God. Society is not man's idea. It's God's idea. Therefore, Government is God's idea. 
and therefore the law that governs government is God's idea, then whatever is in that law is morality. And the minute you strip it or redefine it, then morality begins to rot. I said last week on the broadcast that man doesn't make laws. God gave the laws. The only thing that man can do is he can either enforce what God said or he can redefine it and he can contort it. But he can't give laws. They came from God. Law is divine. You have to start off with that premise. Law is divine. And so we'll discover that the more selfish and self-centered a nation becomes, the less it thinks about the duty that it has to preserve itself for future generations. Instead of thinking about the next generation through its actions and decisions, they begin to think about, well, what pleases me right now? This pleases me. It makes me happy. Then I'm going to do it. Do this test. Take a piece of paper tonight when you're spending time with the Lord or maybe you're spending time teaching your children the Word of God and make a list of the different hot-button issues that are in our society today. Write them down on a piece of paper and think through how those issues will affect the future 30 years from now. Think about the implications. Put positives and negatives and see how they're going to begin to affect the society. And you'll find out that a lot of the things that we are that are being pushed today, they will in the long run be a tremendous hindrance to society. We're going to talk about this. We're going to, we're going to talk about this as we continue to move forward. So, so don't get ahead of yourself and get upset yet. Um, Timothy said in the Word of God, excuse me, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 1-4, Know this, that in the last days perilous times they'll come. Men will be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of, lovers of God. These qualities spring from selfishness, unchecked appetites, narcissism, none of which are characteristics of those that can, that can preserve a godly society. So what rots morality in a nation is selfishness when people are about what makes me happy what I want to do it's my right it's my prerogative it is my initiative to do something that I want to do well last week what did I say that because society is a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual realm because it's spiritual and the law of God is the spiritual intelligence that upholds society. That all of our rights that were endowed, that are inalienable, that were endowed upon us by our Creator, those rights come from the law of God. And if it's not in the law of God, then it's not a right. It's just an aspiration or a desire. But it's not a right. Liberty and freedom is a right because He made us free. If the Son set you free you're free indeed but if it's not in the law it's not a right and more than just that we're going to discover that for it to be a right it has to be something that can be obtained by man in other words if it is a right then it has to be there for you to grab it and receive it and if it's a right then somebody has a duty to support you in that right for instance if it's your right to marry then Someone has a duty to marry you. If it's your right to rest, then somebody has a duty to support you while you rest. 
Those are aspirations, they're desires, but they're not necessarily a God-given right. So we're going to be talking about this. Well, I want to be married. Well, it's not a right. You can, If you want to be married, someone's got to want to marry you, <laughs> but it's not a right. Somebody, You have to find someone that willfully wants to marry you. Okay. So the only way to undo this selfishness that we see in society today, you know, when you look at Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, you see the selfishness in society, is really to reshape the way that we think. And I've noticed that some of the premises we're going to look at uh, today, because I'm going to give you five more premises, have never been even conceived in the minds of many people in today's classrooms or in the minds of our young people. Talk to the young people today. I mean, we're being, the way that our test scores are in America are really far behind foreign countries. And the virus among youth is the same today as it is in the Romans. And I want to quote Juvenal from satire number 10, what he says. He says, it is scarcely possible that the eyes of contemporaries should discover in the public felicity the latent causes of decay and corruption. This long peace and the uniform government of the Romans introduced a slow and secret poison into the vitals of the empire. The minds of men were gradually reduced to the same level. The fires of genius were extinguished. Even the military spirit evaporated. Not Now... That no one buys our votes. The public has long since cast off its cares. The people that once bestowed commands, consulships, legions, and all else now meddles no more and longs eagerly for just two things, bread and games. And this is what Juvenal, bread and games were what Juvenal said was the downfall of society. Because the fires of genius were extinguished and the military spirit evaporated. What is happening in America when you look and see that our military is weakening, you see that our genius is now falling to the wayside because America has become a nation that is so obsessed with games and fun and entertainment, and we see it on social media all the time. I'm a patriot and I love my country. God bless America. And so if we get back to morality and the word of God, we can begin to reignite the fires of genius, begin to reignite patriotism and revive the American spirit. And so here are five more premises I want to give quickly before we end our broadcast this evening. Number one, maybe if you're at home, I want you to write these down. But number one, man is never in a state of total independence from one another. That means that what you do ultimately in the long run will affect another person. And, you know, even the civilized man or the man that decides that he wants to act savagely, they cannot help elbowing their elbows next to each other with their neighbors. Whatever someone does in some degree is going to affect somebody else. And so our natural freedom that we think that we have, it has to be restrained. We have to put a you know, cap on our appetite because it will eventually, if we don't let it go, if we let it go unchecked, it's going to endanger the prerogative or the rights of others. And so the right for man to act any way he wants according to his pleasure without any moral tie, no such right exists. We can't just do whatever we want all the time because we think we have freedom of speech. Or we, I mean, those rights have been given to us. But we have to go and make sure that they're put in balance and perspective because how we act affects our fellow man. And so we can't uh, pursue any course of considerable action without it having some effect upon others. Number two, here's another one. 
is that our rights are linked with duties. Now, I was just talking about this just a few minutes ago. Is that nature is the character of man as is as it, at his highest, impressed by God. Now, I'm going to say that again. Nature is the character of man at his highest. Human nature. It's not talking about men being like animals. It's not human nature to live like animals. It's not human nature for mankind to regress and start acting like an ape. Which, by the way, we didn't come from apes. We came from God. We didn't evolve from a low-life species. Look at how high our intelligence is. So the character and the nature of a man is man at his highest. And when nature is seen as something other than man at his highest, which is a distorted nature... Man begins to separate his rights from duties. What do you mean by that? Well, we just think all of a sudden we can do whatever we want and not be responsible for it. And that's how animals live. That's why animals go around killing each other. Because they can do whatever they want and not be held responsible. Have you ever seen a bear kill another bear and get arrested by a police officer bear? I know it's a stupid illustration, but that's because there's no responsibility in the animal kingdom. And we're higher than that. And when character cannot sustain the right that someone thinks they have, that right becomes a vice. And that person gets lodged in it. And it becomes destructive. Number three, man must revere restraint and live with controlled appetite. I was telling someone this before. I said that, uh, you know, we may have rights, but we have to control our appetites. Man's appetites by themselves are voracious. They can be restrained. Um, as a society through morality and tradition and, again, the laws of God. But if men don't control their appetites, they'll begin to treat, like I said last week, they'll start treating this world like it's their own private property, and the world will be consumed for their own sensual gratification. They'll destroy in their lust for enjoyment the private property, like private property of future generations. If we allow our appetites to go unrestrained, then it will begin to rot the moral fiber of this nation, and there'll be nothing for us to pass down to future generations. The next thing we need to understand, another premise is this. Reason has its limitations. So reason is not God. Habit and custom may be the wisdom of the unassuming, but it comes from the sound and ancient heart of humanity. You know, we don't want to hear a lot about habit and custom today. Don't give me what's conventional. Give me something innovative. Well, listen, um, you know, just because it's traditional doesn't make it bad you know we don't want to fall victims to the law of of progress and the law that we think because it's innovative that it ultimately supersedes those things that you know are traditional it doesn't just because it's new doesn't make it better you know pure arrogant reason denying the claims of morality and conscience leads to a wasteland of wither hopes and crying loneliness empty of god and fellow man the moment that we continue to allow ourselves to be prideful and arrogant and haughty, what begins to happen is we begin to become victims of our own pride and become victims of our own arid intellectual vanity. We need to be careful that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves as a society and think that we don't need God because we have our almighty brain power. Whatever brain power that we have, it's because... God instilled it with us. Therefore, we have a right to surrender it to God. And so, the fifth one I want to say is that man does not have a right to act primeval. 
Primeval means to live however that we want, however we desire. So we have been given, when we look at the law of God and look at what he gave us, you know, there's no utopian law that permits us to do whatever makes us feel good. The essence of mankind's happiness is not in what makes them feel good. The essence, the essence of mankind's happiness is obeying divine order and obeying divine law. And a lot of that time means it goes contrary to what makes us happy. Um, you know, human law, whatever we decide that should be law, is not sufficient to itself. Our statutes that we develop as a society must be after the eternal order that God gave us in his law. And so, as we continue to allow the revelation of God and his word to be revealed to us, we need to walk slowly towards these things and preserve that order and preserve that law. And what I find in society is that, you know, we continue to digress from these things. And that's not the way society should be. be. We look down and frown upon the word of God when the word of God is the essence of our happiness. Psalm 19.7 says that the word of the Lord or the law of God is perfect. It converts the soul. It's refreshing. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierces the divine asunder and soul and spirit and the joints and marrows. It is the word of God that washes and cleanses us with our souls like water. And so on these premises that I just listed, let me give you these last five more, that man is never in a state of total independence from each other, that man's rights are linked with corresponding duties, that man must revere restraint and live with a controlled appetite. That reason has limitations, therefore reason is not God. And that we don't have rights just to live however we want and act primeval. These, these, these premises, if we establish ourselves on these premises, it's possible for us to begin building a healthy society again. And as statesmen, people that are concerned about preserving the future, we need to teach these to our children. Teach the word and the law of God to our families, and it's not necessary to even be in a political position or a, a position of you know, high regard and influence. As long as we're teaching our families, we can be good statesmen. And we acknowledge in, uh, the absolutes, and we determine not to just live in the flesh, but walk in the spirit with the mind of God. We will continue to preserve our society, and we'll continue to regain the belief system of America back before it's completely lost. And our children don't recognize the America that we once had. And so, God bless. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I pray for every person listening to this broadcast. May the power of God, the power of your word, touch every person. Pray that you open up the eyes of their understanding, that they would be enlightened. Pray you fill people with the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray that everybody listening be touched with your fire to be a witness. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, next week we'll be back Tuesday, 7 30 p.m. on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast, AM 590 WEZE. Write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or visit us on the web, www.chrispalmerministries.com. We love you, and we'll see you next week. God bless.